welcome to another episode of Fool's Daily. I know, another episode, like day or two after the last episode, but we were very excited. You can hear some wrestling. Yes. That's Matt. What? There's oh, wrestling. I'm not wrestling. I'm, I'm stretching. You're stretching. Why are you stretching, Matt? Where are you? I'm in bed. Matt's in bed. Can you all imagine that? That goes half the listeners. Yeah. I'm in bed alone with no homeless men present whatsoever. Unusual for you. Says you, Ben Diver. <laughs> That's a bit like Ben Dover. <laughs> so Matt's in, Matt's in bed, um, but he wanted to record this morning. Yeah. Uh, because he got overly excited yesterday. Well, not overly excited, I would say appropriately excited. Because yes. we did something that we've talked about doing for quite a long time. Yes, yesterday we got married. No, that's what other people have talked about us doing for quite a long time. <laughs> including, including Sarah and Esther. Yeah. And our children. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, went to our first epic event. And it was. We've only been talking about it for as long as we've been recording. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. It was brilliant. Um, I mean, not not from a performance point of view. That's true. I didn't do as rubbish as you. But neither no, I, of us I, covered ourselves in glory. No. I kind of covered myself in poo. It was almost a gaming equivalent of a dirty protest. <laughs> so yeah, so we're going to talk. We're going to talk epic today. Yeah. Um, do you? Uh, if you're not familiar with epic, um, back 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 in the nineties, it's probably people. You know, there thought probably, a lot of them were born. Yeah, I was going to say there's probably a lot of people who weren't born, which is a bit mm. depressing. Um. There was a game called Adeptus Titanicus. Actually, that was the 80s, I would think. Um, uh, which was big I'll titans fighting in the heresy era of 40k. It's a game's retro game. Um, and it expanded out into um, having 6mm toy soldiers. There was a game called Space Marine, and it turned into Epic Second Edition. And then um, in 2004, I want to say... Um, Jervis Johnson and the then Specialist Games Division tried to bring it back um, and created Epic Armageddon, uh, where they were using Armageddon, the world where all Gazcool and everyone fought Commissar Yarek and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Look at me with my 40k fluff knowledge. I know, you're, you're all over it. Um, uh, for, and so they set the game on, on this world. And then, of course, Specialist Games wasn't actually making very many sales, and so it went away. And there has been a passionate fan community ever since then, uh, running events, um, you know, relatively well-attended events. Yeah. I mean, behind Blood Bowl is probably the most passionately supported um, Specialist Games community. Yeah. I'd agree, and um, we've talked about it before, that we wanted to go to an event, and we've just 
for various reasons, just never got round to it. No. Alright, so, yesterday we did. Um, we went, so we went to... 1988. Is that when the Depths of came in? Depths Titanicus. Right, I realised I missed, I, I glossed over Epic 40,000. Yeah. Um, With good reason. I, I really didn't like it. No, it wasn't good. And, um, I think with hindsight, it was actually a good game. It was just such a shift from yeah. Space Marine Second Edition, where every sing- you know every model was differentiated to mm. a much more classical type game, where huge swathe of models were just uh, amalgamated into single formations because at the scale that we were playing it wouldn't make a difference between it, whether it had a bolter or a, um, yeah. you know, a bolt pistol or anything. I mean, it was just the same sort of thing. Um, and yeah. then Epic A was sort of a step, a halfway house back to the one that you got some differentiation, but not a massive amount. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yesterday we rocked up at full scale assault. Is that what it called? Full scale assault? Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, at full scale assault at Davin in at the Daventry at Battlefield Hobbies. Great venue. We played in the new upstairs bit, which we hadn't been in before. Yeah, the new mezzanine level that they um, put pictures up last week or the week yeah. before, I think. Yeah, they opened was, it all up. There was a Malifaux tournament there a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, um, it's really nice. Basically, they've taken they've taken away the storeroom area that they had upstairs. Um, mm-hmm. And open it all out so that the window, so that you're playing by the window. So there's a much bigger space upstairs now, um, which is really, really nice. It was, it was lovely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Love lots of obviously because it's adjacent to the glass fronted sort of big windowy type thing. There was a ton of natural light, which is always a treat. Yeah. Um, but it was light. It was airy. It was of a good temperature. Yeah. Um, and obviously the facilities at Battlefield Hobbies are great. You have two pounds and you can drink coffee all day. Yeah. Um, nice toilet. In fairness, probably the best toilets of any venue that you'll ever go to because there is a subtle hint to the more... Um, Pungent? Stink, stinky minger <laughs> gamers of, here, here's some free deodorant. Try using it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a great venue. Um, and Jack was there yesterday. He was a lovely fella. Uh, yeah, it was it was good stuff all round. Yeah, so um, we were playing three three thousand point games. Um, the event was run by I should say the event was run by the lovely Dave Bartley. Yes. Um, oh, less less lovely after the last game, but he is generally nice. <laughs> oh, see, I liked him, especially after the second game. <laughs> ah, right, yeah. Um, and. It was a it was a brilliant excuse to go along, meet new people, and um, play a system that we've played against each other, you know, on and off for the last four or five years, um, but yep. haven't played an event and see how we got on and things and learn how our armies did. Um, yeah. Interestingly, we ro- we rocked up and knew like half the people from other things. <laughs> Yeah, um, almost the almost the first person people that we see was Conrad and Nick and Nigel. 
yeah um and andy so already that's there were only 16 players so already half of them <laughs> which, which certainly made for a more comfortable environment it's not like we were the two people out of a hundred that nobody knew yeah and interestingly, the demographic of those that were playing, which I guess were a kind of core people in the Epic UK tournament scene. Yeah. They're all kind of middle-aged blokes. Older. <laughs> yeah. Kind of all like us, because obviously they've been around long enough to have played and become emotionally invested in that game and want to continue to play it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so, I took Orcs. Um, as it turned out, it was a suboptimal list. Yes. And, and I had many, many choices in it that would not be picked by a regular tournament goer. Like, all of them. Yeah. Oh, no, I had some flyers. They would have been, they would be all right. Yes, but they were a good choice. Yes. Your Stomper Mob thing was all right. My Stomper Mob thing was okay, yeah. Though it wasn't the right thing. I shouldn't have... I did the wrong things with it under the, mm. the meta, but... Um, yeah, but that's user error. Yeah. Um, but in reality... That didn't matter. I mean, we we didn't go there with any expectations. Um, oh, well, I achieved my expectations. <laughs> and um, the the way that I certainly the way I felt I played um, was the way that I would want to play. Mm-hmm. In that I ran forward a lot, going ah, and then got killed. Yeah, yeah. There was only one game. Right? And in, interest, interestingly, my second opponent, who was the Orc player with a perhaps more optimal Orc list, you know, it, as we were playing and, and talking about it, he did sort of express this is this is a really good list for the way that the army lists work at the moment, but the army list doesn't necessarily work the way much like you he envisaged Orcs should work. Yeah. Which is to run forward and go rah and get shot a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was it was good. So, um, my first game was against uh, another orc player. I want to say Rob. I uh, this is if any of you lot are listening. Sorry if I can't remember any of your names because I can't remember any of your names. I might have played someone called Andy, I think, but I don't know. I oh, you played the Titan. The no, you played the player. Titan list, didn't you? Yes. Oh, you did. Yes, yeah, in you my played first game. So I think, I think, I, I think right. the orc player that I played was Rob, and he had a yeah. Um, and I, with hindsight, I should have actually read the stats and things rather than just gone. I like these models. Um, yeah. It turns out that landers are really, really good in the orc army. Mm-hmm. And and I can see why the the way that the game plays when you're actually good at it, um, yeah. Um, maneuverability is key, and setting up 
firefights and um, supporting fire from units so that they get to actually support two, three times a game Yeah, um, is useful. And um, the best thing in the all karma list appears to be Scorchers. Because they have a four, they have a four plus firefight value. Yeah, which is really quite high. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so he had two, he had two landers with orcs in them, and um, a load of scorchers. I think two units of twelve with some yeah. warbite chaff on them, and um, twelve fighter bombers. One unit of nine and one unit of three. Yeah. And some other bits and pieces. Oh, and, his stomp- and a stomper mob. Yeah, stomper mob. Um, a unit of storm boys that it were allow allow him to garrison and were scouts so he could kind of string them out across. Because yeah. anything, anything with a scout rule allows it to have a bigger unit coherency. So he was able to sort of string those across. Um an area in the middle, well, certainly in my game against him, an area in the middle. Yeah, he did it on the, proved, one area on the side for me. Yeah, proved to be a bit of a pain in the bottom. Yeah. Um, and, uh, needless to say, I lost. I, mm-hmm. I, um, it, was, it, was, it was really, really fun. Um, all of my small buggy units and things um, were all dead or broken by the end of turn one. Yeah. And you know the chaff just they just got taken out. Um, the landers were operating pretty much with impunity. <laughs> yeah. And I had my big boy units going. Ah, come on, lads! And then going. Oh no, we can't actually do anything because we'll just get blown apart. Yeah. Um, but I did. Um, in a, in epic, you play. Uh, for certain objectives, and to be honest, I'm still not sure what the objectives are. I'm really going to have to go and read the book, especially the capturing where you, the capturing ones. Um, but the one that I do know is the break their spirit objective, which is where you yeah. destroy your opponent's most expensive formation. Yep. And um, my opponent's exp- most expensive formation was his stomper mob. And uh, it's very hard to kill because the super stomper that you have in the stomper mob has fearless, which means that it doesn't take extra damage from... You actually have to physically destroy it. Um, (laughs) I shot it, um, and I needed a double six to do any damage to it, and I rolled a double six, and then he needed to fail his saves, and he failed his saves, and so I killed it. (laughs) Um, Thanks, one. So I only lost three one. Um, Not a bad score for a first game. No, in three turns, the game only plays over four turns, so you don't score in the first two turns. It's basically all manoeuvring and setup, and then in turn three, that's when you can score. Yeah. Um, so that was that was my that was my game one in that um, I was outmanoeuvred, outshot. Out combated, um, yeah. and I needed a fluky double six to score a point, which you managed to pull off. Which I did manage to pull off. 
I think my dice were saving themselves for it, given their inability to make any rolls whatsoever. But that was well, a th- that was a theme throughout the day, to be honest. Yeah. Well, inter- interestingly, my first game, my point scoring also came down to some fluky dice rolling because I played Andy and his Titan or uh, yeah, Titan. A T A T M L. Just Titanicus. Mechanics, the or something, something like that. But it's basically, it was all Titans. So we had a Warlord Titan, which you have to have at least one Warlord in the list, um, two Warhounds, and two Reavers. That's quite a lot of Titans. Interestingly, it was probably the one list that my army was most optimised to take on, because I was fielding a Ulani tank regiment list, which was all tanks, um, and I had, in what I thought was a a brave thematic decision, given all of the tanks' um, plasma weapons. As it turns out, that's not all good. Well, it, but, we, we did rock up, and the, one of the first things I heard someone say to you is, Ulani don't work at 3,000 points. Yeah. Apparently, they're, they're quite useful at 4,000 points, but not so good at three. Well, to hell with it. Anyway, so um, I had... Four units of Lehman Russ with the plasma blasters um, and a Hydra in each of those. Um, Two units of the tank hunters with their long laser gun thingy. Um, A unit of salamanders, two storm blades, which are the super heavy with plasma guns and a bane blade. 43 tanks in all, I think it is. Um, Which in true normal fashion I'd painted in the two days before the event. Oh, and we should mention had to repair when we got there. Uh, I did have to glue a barrel back on because of your erratic driving. What? Stopping at a roundabout and you having put a box full of your tanks on the back seat that then flew forward due to the... the strange physical phenomena known as inertia yes sticky that's what <laughs> happens so but we, it was fine no i know we have to talk about the fact that we had to make an emergency stop so that you could crawl around in the back of the car picking tanks up yes and the annoying barrel that dropped sort of in the to the seat mechanism that was a little bit fiddly to get out but it was all retrieved and immediately fixed upon arrival um so that wasn't a problem so, all of my plasma weapons are macro weapons, which means generally you don't get a save unless you've got like reinforced armor or special things that allow you to do so. So, Andy's Titan list came stomping across. I shot them up um, quite nicely. My fluky dice came from shooting up his Warlord, which as the most expensive unit was his Break the Spirit unit, um, which I managed to shoot all its shields off, get it down to a couple of wounds, um, and then one of my tank companies of of six tanks managed to roll five hits, having doubled, I think, so I needed like fives and sixes. So flutes the probability around that. He then had to make his saves, which he failed to do against the dice probability, 
I then rolled for criticals on those five dice um, and threw three sixes amongst those five dice. So it scored three criticals, which meant he took another wound and his reactor was overheating. So um, every turn after that, you have to roll a dice. So it either inflicted a wound, melted down or got better. And it just chipped and chipped and chipped away until he was down sort of at the end of turn three with a single wound, but still three critical reactor overloads. Um, what was far more amusing was the Reaver that nearly got killed. Um, and I'd love to say down to my brilliant tactical genius, but what actually happened is it did the equivalent of one of those YouTube videos where somebody is walking into a room carrying a birthday cake and they kind of trip over on the carpet and stumble forward, knocking things over until they eventually fall over and face plant into the cake. Because it came, it went to move through some difficult terrain. Um, because he's a walker, he gets two goes, and basically you have to roll a d6 and you just don't want a one. And because he's a walker, he gets two goes at that. And he rolled one twice. So he inflicted a point of damage on himself walking through a wood, I think it was. Um, and then because it inflicted a point of damage, I rolled to see if it's a bit of critical damage, and I rolled another six. So he he kind of tripped up over a log, his reactor went critical, and it continued to kind of stumble forwards, inflicting damage on itself until it kind of stopped. And by the time it stopped, it was down to, at the end of the game, down to a single wound or a single um, damage point left. I hadn't actually shot and hit it at all. It had taken itself down from like six or seven damage down to a single point, purely from being clumsy. <laughs> um, I manoeuvred around. I shot a load of Titans. What I learned fairly early on, because you're only really playing to a maximum of four turns, having tank guns that can only fire every other turn, they potentially could do a lot of damage but only firing every other turn um, means you're only shooting for, for a maximum of half the game and possibly only a third of the game. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of why... I, not why I struggled. I struggled because I'm rubbish, but it didn't help. Um, but at the end of turn three, which we'd played through, because bear in mind, he was only moving seven things... Um, so it must have been two lots of two warhounds, two reavers, and a, war, and a warlord. And then he's um, fire things. Oh no, that's right. Yeah, he had his, his planes. Um, I'd sort of manoeuvred round onto a couple of the objectives, but unfortunately, you can't um, you can't control an objective in the same turn as you rally. Um, and my salamanders let me down by not rallying at the end of turn two, which means when they rallied at the end of turn three. They couldn't control the objective they were sitting on. Um, so Andy took me 2-1 because he had a warlord that suddenly sprinted Usain Bolt-like through some fire to capture my Blitz objective, which is when you set your objectives up, you have one that you set up on your own baseline and two that you set in your opponent's half. And one of the objectives is to control your opponent's baseline objective. Um, and he managed to do that with a warhound that successfully managed to roll a double ball um, and snake hit light, dodged through fire and terrain to be able to capture that at the end of turn three, taking the 2-1 win. But at one point, he was like, 
at the end of turn one when his warlord was just about to explode and his reaver was stumbling forward, knocking things over, and was like, oh my god, I'm going to lose this at the end of turn two. But it just wasn't to part, uh, wasn't to come because I couldn't maintain that level of fire because of my slow firing plasma guns. Cool. So yes, my first game, I was not as bad as you. No, you were not as bad as me. And you were done before we had even finished our first turn. Yes, we we, we progressed through fairly quickly. As I say, Andy only had seven seven manu- uh, seven moves, and each of those were kind of a single model. Um, and my tanks are fairly quick to move, and I wasn't I wasn't going to kind of charge forward. I wanted to try and get into a position where I could maximise my firepower. Cool. Um, so that was the, that was the end of game one. Um, I won't pretend to understand the scoring system. Um, I think I think I mostly understand most of it now. I I have I, this morning. I did look at the Epic UK um, tournament pack that explains the scoring system, but I still don't understand it. And so, frankly, I'm not just going to bother trying to work it out. Um, but you can get. Depending on how quickly you beat your opponent, you get more points, and then there's losing draws and yeah. So um, then there was lunch, which was lovely. Yes, nice little but nice little buffet lunch. Yeah, um, and then game two rocked up, and I was playing the organizer, Mister David Bartley, mm-hmm. uh, with his. Chaos army I've never played against. Unsurprising, no. considering my epic Armageddon experience is playing you and Conrad once. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, Dave had various marine type things and um, demons and stuff. Yes. Uh, which. He had lots of stuff that could garrison and deploy forward and things, so he was sort of on the halfway line before we even started. Yeah, same. Um, it was there were some very amusing bits in it. The first one being his spaceship, uh, which went with spaceships. Apparently, you plot a barrage, which is you know this is where it's going to do its orbital attack, um, and he had plotted it into the place that I had just moved a unit from. Yeah. So it missed. And then he had a pinpoint, it has a pinpoint attack, which is basically like this big laser beam pulsing down onto one of your bigger um, vehicles. And so he, he sent this pinpoint attack zooming down onto my um, super stomper to blow it to pieces and rolled a one. Excellent. So, um, and then he used his reroll because you get a re-roll if you have a Supreme Commander, and roll one. So this this super-duper power laser went fut. Yes. Obviously, they sorted that out for the following game, but we'll come (laughs) on to that. Spoilers. Yeah. And so, uh, the game against Dave, it mainly involved me trying to shift him out of terrain, which is something that we've not really played in our games and we're going to have to... No. We're going to have to play because it seems yeah. mega important. 
and because um, we just generally set up our tables like a 40k table or something with scatter around yeah but um the way that the tournament scene plays is that they have very well-defined areas of terrain um, yeah. be it buildings and things so i can see some interesting terrain pieces but they're fixed terrain pieces sort of thing being made yeah. uh, so a lot of it the lot of game consisted of me trying to get dave's stuff out of uh, the buildings by shooting at it and missing a massive massive amount <laughs> um i was rolling like 40 dice admittedly needing mm-hmm. sevens but i'm rolling 40 dice and getting no hits at all uh, that's great. So in my head, the orcs were just circling around these buildings, spraying, you know, put, just holding the trigger down. Cartridge cases yeah. flying everywhere. I'm waving my arms about as I describe this. And the bullets, you know, concrete dust and everything just flying away. And the Chaos Marines just looking at each other going, uh? Because they could what not they hit. Doing? They could not hit yeah. the proverbial barn door. Um. Dave also tried an assault. He he has um, he has teleport uh, terminators that can teleport down. So his terminators teleport down, summon in a greater demon to attack. Yeah. I don't know one of my units, and then proceed to get absolutely massacred in the combat. And all of his terminators <laughs> and his greater demon are killed, and his demon prince is broken and runs away. Nice. Um, and then in his second assault, he tries his second assault with a load of marines, and my knobs just go ah and kill them all. Yeah. Uh, so his assaults didn't go very well, and we got to the end of turn three, and the game was a draw because uh, we, we timed we timed out. Ah, right. Okay. Because um, we got. To but who had killed? Who had killed more stuff? I had killed more stuff. So, so it was a winning draw. Winning draw. Yeah. Um, which was which was cool. It was a brilliant game. I've known Dave. Yeah. For, I've known Dave for several years now. Um, I don't know that I. I can't think that I've ever played him at anything. Um, yeah. We saw him last week at BonesCon, and we, you know, we had a little chat, and we were we were joshing with him when we walked past the war machine tables and stuff. Um, yeah. It was. He's an absolute gent. Absolutely yes. loved playing against him, and I would play against him any day of the week. And to be fair, I should say, I would play against my first opponent. I'm sure it's Rob. Um, I would play against him any day of the week as well, because they were yes. really, they're really nice guys. Um, yes, every, everybody at that event was really nice. Yeah. So, um, so that was that was my second game. So I've I've had one loss and a a winning draw, which frankly it's got the word winning in, so it sounds like I won. Yeah. <laughs> my second game was against Rob, which may or may not be his name from your first game with his all flyy death list. Ah. It, it did not go well. Now, I thought, foolishly, that, ha-ha, he's got a load of flamethrowy stuff, which is really good AP, which is the score you need when you're shooting at infantry. Yeah, anti-value. Yeah, uh, but no AT, anti-tank value. My stuff's all tanks. Ha-ha, I shall negate a load of his shooting. 
How did that work but out? What happens? What happens is once you get within fifteen and therefore are in the assault area, you use your firefight score, irrespective of what you're fighting against. And his firefight score, as we've already discussed, is four plus, which means he was hitting my tanks with scary regularity. Oh. So, um, planes came on, shot a load of stuff. Um, bikes came up and flamethrowers came up, killed a load of stuff. All of that is inconsequential because what was the key moment of the game is when I shot the head off his super stomper. And therefore, it was uh, running at a minus one to hit because I'd blown its head off and killed its commander. That, that was as, as good as the game got for me. He, he played um, a couple of moves because one of the other things that apparently you shouldn't do is intermingle. <laughs> well, we'd learned that from our practice game the other day, hadn't we? Well, we, we learned what intermingling was from our practice game. What we didn't necessarily learn is the potential negative impact of intermingling um, when a orc lander full of angry orcs can come down and, in effect, contact and impact against... Five units in your army, which were all kind of intermingled. So uh, we, we spent a little time and we talked. And this was true through the event. There was there was discussion as we were doing stuff. It was kind of a, this is what I'm going to try and do. And you roll to see if you activate the unit and then you do it. Uh, and as I tried to move through what was a bit of a choke point on my side of the table in the middle between a couple of bits of terrain, Hence, I had a, a lot of units in close proximity. Um, Rob was like, I've got a really big gamble for turn one, which could either destroy my army or destroy yours. Because I had these five units intermingled, if he landed his lander, got all his men in, the effects of the combat would affect more than half my army and potentially make them run for the hills. Um, so we we must have spent about five minutes kind of discussing through the mathematics of it and what point he could come in to optimise um, the units that he could contact and how that would work. And, you know, it wasn't in any way kind of a slow play experience or anything like that. We were having a really interesting discussion. And I was offering suggestions of, but if you come here, you can contact that three units and still have the outnumber and not involve these two units, and therefore you, you know, you're almost guaranteed the win. And it was like perhaps I should only contact those two to guarantee the win. And we and it, it, we sort of discussed it through, and then he kind of went for a medium version, which kind of worked, but perhaps didn't have the impact he thought it would. Um, but it was a really fun game because he's, as I say, he's. He's playing an org list in a way that perhaps thematically, um, and he you know, he suggested that perhaps thematically it's not the way that orcs should play, which is very much the way that you like to play them, which is you know, big mobs running forward and really trying to win by weight of numbers as opposed to kind of rapier-like pinpoint attacks, mm. which is very much more an Eldar thing of swooping in a, a very focused attack and then running away again. That is kind of counterintuitive to 
the 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 fluff and the theme of how you'd expect Orcs to play. But he's yeah. playing to how the army list plays at the moment. Played very well and crushed all of my hobby droves hopes and dreams by beating me five nil. You're rubbish. It was it was it was less than pleasant. It kind of swamped me because he had those big scorcher um, yeah. mobs, um, which when they double means they're flying kind of sixty across the table plus this fifteen centimeter um, firefight zone, which means they were a genuine threat to my tanks from eighty five centimeters away, which is you know, three practically three feet away, um, and we're playing on a four foot wide table where you're starting half a foot in. Yeah. So they were a threat from the get-go. Yeah. The discussion the discussion stuff was something that came up. I mean, it was very much a a group of players where it was, well, my intent is to do this. Yeah. How can we facilitate that? And it was very much a discussion. There was no no niggles about, oh, well, you're half a millimetre out or... No. It was... It was very much a, a discussion whilst playing a game. Yes, yeah, very much so. Um, which was very, which was very cool. So, what yeah. was your final score? Um, I was five nilled in game two. Five nilled, so battered. Yeah. That's that's the worst that you can be beat, basically. Yes, that that is like a catastrophic result because yeah. you can only score a maximum of five victory points. And obviously you can you can score a minimum of zero, um, and that was at the end of turn three, which is the first, first turn where you can actually score stuff. Um, so yeah. I I I was a bit of a wet paper towel against his orcs. It has to be said. So on to onwards to round three. Yeah. Um, and in round three. I was drawn against an exceptionally well-known power gamer, um, who I knew was going to. Oh, he's been netlist building for some time, I think. Yeah, with he's his... using he's using netlist. I I knew that he was going to be like, or oh, we were just saying about how everyone was a gentleman. I knew yeah. he was going to be all like, well, we intermingled. Yeah, and that he would be using the most powerful thing that he could get his hand on. It probably wouldn't be painted properly. He'd probably be saying it was like imperial fists or something, and yet they'd be green. Yeah, or grey. Yes. Um, so I ended up playing well-known fun sponge, Conrad. Fun sponge. Yeah, he sucks, <laughs> I like he sucks the fun out. Yeah, of well, you room. don't need to explain it. I am, I, I, I am a grown-up, but <laughs> I've, I've not heard that term before. Fun sponge. I like that. It's good, isn't it? Yes. So yes, yeah, so I ended up playing Conrad, and as always, it was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the only reason that I am so bitter is that he obviously blatantly cheated. <laughs> Or one. It's one of those two things. Let's go. All right, we'll go with the latter then. If we must be, like, truthful. We don't want to be fake news. No. <laughs> so, yeah, so I played I play Conrad with his um, green marines. Yes. They're practically they're green and my orcs, basically. Um, he's going to hate us. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, well, I, I kept referring them to salamanders all day because of their level of greenness. And then I gave him an instructional um, view on how to paint yellow. What? Get yellow paint. Use a white undercoat. Well, yeah, yeah. Use a white undercoat is the key thing if you're going to paint yellow. But in fairness, he, he, you know, he's new to the hobby. He's a young boy. He doesn't know these things. <laughs> he looked homeless when we saw him. Yeah, he looked even more like a homeless tramp than I do, and that takes some doing. Yes, his beard has gone very, uh, very uh, black and white. <laughs> yes, I believe they call that salt and pepper. I think he looked like a knackered old Labrador that was sort of curled up by the fire, just farting its way through life. Um, uh, no, so Conrad, Conrad and I played. Um, it started badly. Because he's playing Marines and they, the person who gets to choose the sides that they want to play, each army has a strategy rating. And so you get to choose the side that you want to play. And he's playing Marines and they have a strategy rating of one, uh, which is the best you can get. And Orcs have a strategy rating of three, which I think is blatantly wrong, but there you go. Um, yeah. And so he chose the side and then he went, oh, and we're going to play corner deployment. At which point I went, what's that? Because <laughs> I thought there was only one deployment, which was basically, you know, baseline. Table line, yeah. Um, but no, there is this corner deployment. And so I ended up all crammed in a corner that I had no idea how my army should set up in a corner. Yeah. Um, half of his army appeared to be off the board to start with. Um, and then he... Um, in turn one, as before I even start moving, because um, he won initiative because he, he, Marines basically, they react faster and everything. Um, yeah. In turn one, first of all, his spaceship came along and didn't miss, unlike David's, um, and mm-hmm. shot a load of stuff up um, and blew a load of stuff up. So before I'd even started, I had um, units that were broken. Yeah. And then he dropped some drop pod thing. Uh, Deathwind drop pod, I believe it's called. Right down in the middle of my my packed in because he, I'm forced into the corner area, um, which then did some sort of missile thing, which exploded out and killed a load more stuff. Yeah. Um, and then he termi- and then he dropped down two sets of terminators. Filth. Um, and I assaulted the Terminators, Rah! and I realised the mistake I made was assaulting. Yeah, I should have assaulted, but in in Epic, if you get into base to base contact, then you um, use your combat value. If you're um, within fifteen centimeters, you get to use your firefight value. And the unit mm-hmm. I assaulted him, which was my Stompers, um, because I don't, they don't have um, mega hammers or mega choppers. Yeah, um, their firefight and their combat value are the same. They're four plus. Yeah, what I should have done is not gone into base contact with him because, being me, I went and stomped into base contact with him. Yeah, the problem is when you're in base contact with them, they get, his terminators get to use their power gloves, which yeah. are macro weapons. macro weapons. Yeah. If I'd stayed and just shot him with my firefight value, and I didn't realise this until this morning as I was waking up, 
if I'd shot him with my firefight rally, I would have been hitting on the same, but the number of dice that he would be rolling would have been halved. And he would yeah. have had his macro weapons. Yeah. So Yeah, close combat with Terminators, I don't think, is a good thing. No, I now learned this. I've also learned that Conrad cannot fail an inv- a reinforced armor save. Ah, right. Um, and this is and this this was interesting. So, um, the Terminators have a save of four up, and if you fail the save, yeah. then you get a you can re-roll it and get another save of four up. And so Conrad yeah. was doing the commonly the common thing of rolling both dice together, and if one of them is a four or more, then he's made the save. Yeah. In my brain, that and I know it isn't. It's exactly the same. In my brain, that is different from rolling one dice, failing it, and then rolling another. Because in my brain, mm-hmm. I'm thinking he's got more chance of failing it if he ro- re-rolls the dice a second time. Yeah. And he hasn't. No. But it, I'm sitting there going... Um, so, basically, I charged his Terminators with um, my Stomper mob. And all, mm-hmm. my stomp- all my Stompers and Super Stomper died. <laughs> Um, they I got fisted. Him, I charged him with my buggies. They yeah. all died. Um, so I charged four Terminator stands with two units, about, you know, um, let's say a third of my points. Yeah. Nearly a third of my points. And it all died, and I only killed two Terminator stands. Ouchie. And that was pretty much the end of the game, because I had no right. stuff left. Yeah. So, what was the score? Uh, two nil. His um, his his break the spirit group was a group of six tactical as it was six tactical marines and three rhinos. Yeah, and they sat in the far corner on his blitz objective, um, and I was never ever ever getting to them. Yeah, which I'd... in effect secured him two points. Yeah. Well, it stopped you from scoring two points because it meant that his blitz objective was garrisoned in effect, um, and you weren't going to get his break the spirit yeah. unit. Now, apparently, his you can make the marine list harder. Yeah, um, by putting thunderhawks in, um, but and <laughs> not necessarily using tactical marines. Apparently, yeah. Uh, but oh, it was painful. But what happened with your super zap gun? That was the one good thing. So he was he had two Warhound Titans. We can forget the second Warhound Titan because I never got anywhere near that. The first yeah. Warhound Titan was trying to shoot up one of my big orc mobs. So my mm-hmm. big orc mob moved out of its cover to stand close to it and shot everything they could at it and managed to knock down one void shield. Fortunately, it only had yeah. one void shield. My super zap gun, which was um, fortunately not suppressed, um, uh, turned round, saw this Titan, and went, right, I'm having you. In Epic, you give each unit an order, and you have to roll your initiative value um, to make that order happen. Orcs have an initiative value of three. Uh, if they do um, either assault, i.e. charge in, or double, which is run forward and shoot with a negative modifier, 
they yeah. get to add plus two to that score, so they get to um, they automatically activate if you're doing those actions. So those are the most two common actions for orcs to do. Mm-hmm. There are a whole raft of other actions that people with better armies that um, understand things can do, but orcs generally do one of those two things. And if you have blast markers on you, which is basically a way of signifying that your unit has been shot at and is come under fire and stuff, um, you get a minus one to that roll. Yeah. So I decided that with my super zap gun, I was going to do a sustained fire shot at the Warhound Titan. Now, a sustained fire shot gives you plus one to your dice roll. My my um, super zap gun hits on a four plus. So if I got this sustained fire, it would do a three plus. Now, yeah. even if I failed... Oh no, if I failed, the unit would be broken because it would get an extra blast marker for failing and it would have had two blast markers on a unit of two models yeah. left. So it would have been broken. So I said, right, I'm going to shoot the, the super zap gun. So I went, right. Rolled the order and I rolled a six. Yes. Nice. Got, the, got it off. Went to shoot him. Rolled another six. Zap! Nice. Zap his Titan. Um, and then Dave Bartley's come over, and I'm going, yeah, shot it. And it's a macro weapon, so Conrad says, oh, I don't get to re-roll my armor, th- my armor reinforce there. And I go, no, it's Titan Killer as well. And Dave Bartley said, oh, is it? I said, yep, look, see, TK. So he went, yep, no save then. And it's D3 wounds. And Conrad's got two wounds left, and he's going, one, one, one. And I rolled a five, so three wounds. Super zapped his Warhound Titan, and it died. Ha! The one thing that went right in that game was yeah. me super zapping his Titan and killing it. Filthy. Excellent. Filthy Warhound. Yes, he battered me from pillar to post. Um, yes. And I lost, I think, 2-0 um, in turn three. And that's the first time ever that he's beaten me in a game. In how many years? Um, how long have I been married? I got married in '96, so uh, 22 years. So 22 years, because I've known Conrad. I've known Conrad two months less than I've been married. Because <laughs> I met him at the games day after we came back from honeymoon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he came to he came to my house because we were going to we were going to games day to um, show off um, Warhammer Player Society stuff. Oh, cool. And um, the University of Aldorf, which was the Warhammer site that we ran at the time, because uh, there was no, inter- there was no um, internet back then. Yeah. Um, games Workshop stuff. So we had one of the, the only sites for Warhammer. And he came to my house, and he turned up in his Ford Galaxy. Um, and it was the first time I met him. And we'd spoken online via email, because there's no instant messenger or anything. Yeah. Um, and he turned up. And that was it. And we were mates. And uh, he he was the one who introduced me to magnetizing my bases. Mm-hmm. I'd never magnetized my bases before, but he'd magnetized his dwarves because we had because yeah. we had a game of fantasy battle. And um, then that's when I started magnetizing all my stuff. Yes. Yeah. So did he introduce I, you? He liked sleeping with homeless tramps as well. No, that was you. Oh. I copied your behaviour there. Ah. Um. So, yes, 22 years. He's never beaten me. The, he did think... Last time we played, we played Saga. And as any listener to this show knows, I'm rubbish at Saga. 
And uh, he thought he was going to win because he thought he was all that. And he was it was very funny because he was all bigging it. Oh, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to get get rid of this stupid streak. Blah, 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 blah. And then he lost the saga. <laughs> um, and he went, oh. And I in no way at all went, ah, ha, ha, ha. Because you being such a great sport and all that thing. That's right. Yesterday, he got his revenge. And uh, he beat me. Fair and square. Uh, better man, better man won. Etc. 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 Yeah, we're just going to focus on the next game. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of the team and all of those kind of sports ball metaphors. Yes, um, yeah. um, which England could use, frankly, considering that in 24 hours they've lost to rugby. <sighs> though I did, though I said in the car that I thought we were going to lose. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, we've just lost the cricket. Oh, have we? I didn't. I didn't even put it on this morning. Which I was I'm not too so busy. happy about. Oh, that's annoying. Um, by three wickets, I think. Yeah, bums. Yeah, can't even win at cricket. Anyway, even with Stokes back. Yeah. Anyway, so that was my last game. What was your last game? My last game was against your second game. So I played Dave Bartley in his chaos spiky You were just, fo- you were just following stuff. in my footsteps, weren't you? Ex- exactly. And and doing worse each and every time. <laughs> uh, because whatever had, had happened with his spaceship, they had refocused their efforts. Perhaps, you know, the Emperor had been up there, and uh, not the Emperor because they're chaos. You know, Darth, Darth Vader had been up there and, and force choked some people uh, and generally, yeah, Horus had spanked their bottoms a little bit um, because by the time it got round to playing me, there was absolutely nothing wrong with his spaceship because <laughs> it, it, it sent down its kind of orbital bombardment thing and, and got a couple of blast markers, but didn't, didn't do too much damage. But then it did its, pinpoint attack on my Bane Blade um, and could do a maximum of, of three damage, I think, which it promptly did and kind of turns my Bane Blade into a puddle of molten metal, which was which was a little bit frustrating and, and upsetting. Um, and he played me off the table, basically. Um, I just couldn't inflict enough damage because of my slow-firing weapons, uh, and the fact that he didn't have a massive number of vehicles, so actually the macro weapon thing was less relevant. Um, I, I kind of struggled to inflict too many losses. I, I managed to strip out one unit of his and get it to run away a bit. Uh, never really got close to doing enough damage on his Break the Spirit unit, which, which was kind of camped at, at the back of the table near his Blitz objective. Um in, in fairness, the the gods of dice were smiling at him perhaps a little more than they were smiling at me. Um, I think at one point he, he threw 14 dice needing sixes and got seven sixes or something like that. Oh. So that, that stung a little bit. Um, I'm just trying to think if there were any moments of crowning glory for me within that. Um, none of my making, I think... He also had sort of chaos terminators that could come down and summon in a greater demon 
Um, and, and he did so, but I managed to kind of fluke the win in the combat and inflict some damage on him and kill the kind of summon demon prince or great demon, whatever it was. Um, but that was kind of, that was about it. That was about as good as it got. And, and he kind of pulled me apart and, and, and interfered with me in ways that only a weird uncle that sneaks in your bedroom does. Um, and I lost four nil at the end of turn three. Um, but it was, it was great. It was funny. Um, as you say, David Gent to play against, um, and throughout the day, both in that game and the other games and in the time between games, where we were just chatting there, you know, people were, were, I was talking stuff through with people and offering advice and, and talking about varying army lists and ways of play and all of that kind of thing. Um, and and yes, it, I also it it turns out was considerably suboptimal for the day, um, but three brilliant games, um, three stonking losses. The closest I got was the two one loss in my first game against the one army I was probably most optimised to play against. Um, and when the results were taken through, I finished dead last. Did you get a spoon? No, they don't do wooden spoons. So that's two events this year, two new systems, two spoon positions, but not a single bloody spoon to be had. It's disappointing. It's a bit harsh. Yes, it was. There was part of me that kind of hoped that I might stand a chance with the paintings. I was quite happy with how my stuff came out. But there were some exceptionally well painted armies there, so um, didn't didn't hit, didn't make any of the painting prizes either. Um, so yeah, I didn't win a bloody thing all day. But that's fine. It was a brilliant laugh. Yeah, it was excellent. It was excellent. And then we had a good discussion in the car on the way home on how we can join the netlisters. But you you will be. You're going to switch armies. I'm going to do an additional army (laughs) to give me some more options for 3,000 point games. Apparently, with the addition of a few extra bits, that Ilani army does become quite quite good at um, 4,000 points. But going all plasma um, is probably not the way forward because of the fact that you're only firing every other turn, yeah. and potentially the game's only running three three games. So, as I yeah. said, there's a chance I'll only fire my weapons once. So, uh, having some element of those macro weapons, but then mixing them in with normal leave and rust, yeah. so you've got sort of firing every turn is a much better way to go. Yeah, I can see that. And and I've got the I've got spare tanks enough to be able to to paint them up and have some more variety in there. Certainly, aircraft seem to be far more useful than I'd given them credit for as how they read on paper. Um, um, certainly, in that second game, that big unit of Orc fighter bombers was ouchy. But everybody seemed to have some form of aircraft. Um, yes. So, yes, even if it was, again, you know, just three flyers. Yeah. Um, their ability to come up potentially, you know, only 
only do one thing, but if they can fly in and, you know, put some blast muckles in unit that you then break, which means they're not contesting an objective or something like that, for and fly units for non-orcs where you're making them quite big. Fly units are generally only 150 to 200 odd points, so um, the impact they can have in the game is far more significant than the points that they cost. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I shall add a unit of flyers of some sort, um, a bit more tank variety, um, and possibly look at... um, I've got some hellhounds, so I could put some flamethrower support in. Right. Um, One of the the interesting things is around this Break the Spirit um, victory point... Because the the sort of common consensus was you should have just added one extra thing to one of your tank unit to make it your break the spirit unit, and then you could have protected it. But that feels counterintuitive to me, where that means spending more points on a unit to make it more effective, but then not using it in an effective way. Because it's a tank army; it doesn't necessarily want to sit stationary. Yeah. Um, but again, I've got some vanquishers. I've got all sorts of other bits that I can add into units and have a think of how to make that more optimal for 4,000-point games because that's likely what we'll be playing at our next event. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to make some small tweaks, I think, mm-hmm. um, to mine. Uh, keep the flavour that I have, but tweak it so it's slightly more effective. Yeah. Um, so it will still be loads of boys and loads of buggy unit, you know, loads of buggy units and stuff running around. Um, it's just, you know, I will dot the odd scorcher into the buggy units and things. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably increase my flyers from three to five, I think. Yeah. Uh, but nothing, you know, nothing major. Just no. Just slight tweaks. Yeah. Um, and as you've already mentioned, I'll be looking at a second army that I can use at 3,000 points, which will be a little bit more effective. Yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tweak my 3,000-point army. Just yeah. With the, just with things. I think looking at it, I have to paint one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different models. Eight different models, sorry. Yeah. So eight new eight new models to tweak it what I've already painted from my 3,000. Yeah. Um, and then uh, for my 4,000, it's easy. I have to paint one model. It's 850 points. It looks awesome. It's a Gargant! <laughs> All the Dakar! Great big, stompy thing. Yeah. It'll look cool. Yeah. Um, but that's 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 good plan. Yeah, good plan. And our, our next, so we will, so we'll, as we said, I think last episode, if it was good, we would probably go again. Well, it was good. Um, yeah, we are going to go again. Uh, this event that we're talking about is at the Birmingham Game Expo in June. I want to say. Yeah, I think that's, I think it's June. Um, first weekend in June. I think it's like the second, first, second, and third of June. So um, we're looking at we're looking at doing that, and uh, that's four thousand point games, two games a day. 
So plenty yep. of time to hang out as well. Four thousand points over the two days. So two games per day. Plenty of time to sort of drink, talk, and make merry. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the that's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I may rebase everything. The other thing I might do is rebase everything. So that, yeah. So that the basing is consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and get some of those two millimeter tufts that you're using because they were very good. Yes. Very yeah. Good. They they add a certain something to the bases, which is quite nice. But yeah. Um, but yes. Yeah, so that that's well, we're we'll in February, so six seven weeks into the year. I've already played that two new tournament systems for my goal of playing six new games at tournaments this year. Yeah. So that that's progressing nicely. What's your next new and one having be? Paid, I don't know yet. Possibly it might be Guild Ball or I might try Saga because, as we spoke about in the last episode, we played Saga and, and rather liked it. So I might find if there's a, a Saga event somewhere in the vicinity. So oh, yeah. that would be good. Yeah, so poss- possibly Saga, um, maybe Guild Ball, because those are two events that I'll probably want to play. I want to try Shade Spire at some point, and again, that's a nice, easy, low model count. Um, so, yeah, one of those, I would imagine. Sweet. Right, so um, there you go. A bonus bonus episode. Yes. Um, where we where we talked? Oh, I'm I'm going to be cheeky. I've just realised. Um, oh, I, are you? I I had a cheeky thought. Yes. Did you? Yeah. So, um, I own, uh, I think every single model that. Ah, um, uh, right. Yes, Games, I know what you're looking for. Games Workshop produced four orcs. Um, bar two. Um, the Forge World Orcosaurus the epic one and those come up on ebay so i can i can get one for from from ebay um but the one that never comes up on ebay that i don't have that i would really 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 like to have um so that i could play the list is the steam gargant so if you're listening to this and you played epic at some point and you played epic orcs and you think oh i might have a steam gargant somewhere um in a box give us a shout if you've got one and you're willing to part with it, I'm happy to pay, I'm happy to pay for it, um, but I just can't sort them. And they never come up on eBay. I don't know if Games Workshop just sold five or something, and that's all there is. Yeah. But they never come up on eBay, um, and I really, really, really would like one. Yes. Um, and I don't normally ask for stuff on this show, but I would like one. Yeah, someone, they are a bit someone like rock and horse. Too. Someone must have someone somewhere. Yes, but um, yeah. So uh, that was that was that because um, then I could play yep. feral orcs with a with a steam gun. And, uh, um, yeah, and stuff. Well, yeah, a bit more stompy, a bit stompy, more raw, stompy, stompy bar things. All yeah. good. All good. Right. Okay. On that, on my pathetic begging, um, uh, I've been Mike. I've been in bed. And we'll speak to you again soon.
You can contact Fools Daily on Twitter, we're at Fools Underbar Daily, or via email, foolsdaily at outlook.com. <laughs>